0: Hello and welcome back to the Fins Nation UK podcast. I am, as ever, your host, Andy Davis. Now, this week's episode is a bit different. Uh, mainly, first of all, because it's in two parts. Uh, and secondly, because we are, this week, for the first time on this series, introducing rival fans on, onto this series. So this episode this is a part one of part two. Part one is all about reviewing the Panthers game. And part two, which comes later on, will be re- uh, previewing the Eagles game on Centre Night Football. So, for the first half, it is all all things Panthers-Dolphins on the weekend and a review of that game. And with me, I've got a first-time guest on this podcast, but a regular guest on my other podcast, Across the Pod. With me today is Keg. How are you?
1: I'm very good, Andy. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to the bye week ahead. Um, obviously, <laughs> as the Panthers are currently 0-6, yeah, um, it's been a bit of a tough season. Um, which I'm sure we're about to get into when you're suffering a, another defeat uh, at the hands of Miami. Yeah, just looking forward to a week off. Hopefully, there's a, a lot of positive things coming for the Panthers in the next couple of weeks to get started. Uh, once week eight comes around, but um, yeah, other than that, personally, I'm I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Hope you're
0: good. Yeah, I'm good. Of course, I'm doing very well. Courts five and one mm-hmm. for the first time since 2003. Uh, first time, obviously, in my lifetime as well. Um, since since I became a fan of the team, and you know, it could easily go you know one or two ways the next three weeks, but to go five and one, something I've never seen before in my 12 years or so being a fan, it's amazing. It's amazing to see, and um, you know, it, I'm I'm not I'm not used to it as being good most of my time being a fan. You know, it's seeing us you know go 0 and three or go one and two or three and three. So it's and even last season you go three and then lose your next three games. So it's yeah, it's really refreshing and just nice to see the team doing so well. And I think there's a lot of Dolphins fans who have suffered even longer than I have. Um, It's nice for all of us to finally see our team be good and right now, you know, the joint best record in the conference and in the NFL. So it's, um, all things are good. Um, But going on to the game on Sunday, of course, it was a um, pretty much, in the end, a one-sided affair. Uh, In the end, the score was, the Panthers scored 21 and the Dolphins scored 42. Uh, but it starts off with a 14-0 lead to yourselves. Uh, there was a touchdown from Chuba Hubbard before a touchdown from Adam Thielen, um, who's now currently 10th in the league for yards and tied fourth in the league for passing touchdowns. Uh, sorry, receiving touchdowns. Um, so a good start. Um, even though he lost, obviously, by what turned out to be the biggest points difference this season for you guys, does that bring you some confidence, especially with the week coming up with extra rest, that he did start the game so well against a team like Miami?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, particularly over the last three weeks, we have just been looking where the positives are. Like, I knew results weren't really going to come. And I think everybody else in the Panthers fan base knew that. I think if anybody seriously did expect a win and became extremely disappointed with the loss, then people must be living with their head in the clouds, like, looking off of what happened in the first few weeks you've got to be realistic. Like, things have been tough. Um, After week three, I was ready to give it in. Well, I I think after week two, particularly to divisional rivals were, what, 0-2 after starting the season against the Falcons and the Saints, two games that when the season comes to a start, you want to start well, especially once the divisional rivals. Like, they're big, big games to start with. And just because we're so, so poor. It was just like, right, the season's a write-off already. Just throw it in the bin. Like We, we can't be bothered with this. But since then, and uh, kind of scratch off the Seahawks game as well, week three, because that was without Bryce Young. Andy Dalton started that. Things have been pretty good. And I, I don't know if you remember, but when we done your uh, Across the Pod preview, I predicted the Panthers to be in a 1-5 and five situation right now. So I called a bad start. It was just one of them divisional games that I expected to win, particularly week one against the Falcons. That was the only win on my projections. Everything else is pretty expected because you look at who else we had. Saints, Seahawks, Vikings, Lions, Dolphins. That's a tough start, especially when everything, the emphasis on everything is so, so new. The backroom staff, apart from I think the special teams coordinator and the offensive line coach. Everybody in the back room is different. We've got a rookie quarterback. We've got everybody else is new pretty much to Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo, Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst. So many things, particularly on that offense, are so, so new. And we've had a terrible season in terms of injuries, particularly with the defense. We've lost JC Horn. Um, Shaq Thompson, who was a major leader on our defence. We've lost uh, Xavier Woods, Von Bell. um, Dante Jackson missed a game. We've had to get new guards because both Brady Christensen and um, Austin Corbett haven't been available. So we've already had a lot of adversity so far this season. And when you put together a new coaching staff, a rookie quarterback, a difficult schedule... I don't see how it really could have gone any other way. I think people may be thinking that, oh, we'll have the number one overall pick. We've got Bryce Young, so, oh, we'll be really, really good. It doesn't work like that. Rookie quarterbacks historically struggle. I know a lot of people are looking at CJ Stroud and be like, oh, well, you could have had him. He's doing well. He's doing all right. Yeah, can't lie. Seiji Stroud's having a decent year, but we made our pick. Bryce Young is the guy. And I have seen progression in each of the last three games, Vikings, Lions, and Dolphins. The offense statistically has got better and better. Bryce Young's performances and stats have got better and better and better. So, yeah, I didn't expect to beat any of them, but I said in the preview uh, before the season started, the week seven by a week, after that tough schedule, is a huge time, and I thoroughly believe that it is. I still think that we can have, a. am not going to say a great season, but a positive season like with the progression with Bryce Young as the quarterback because we've already handed off play calling because um Frank Reich was doing it horrendously passed it off to offensive coordinator Thomas Brown so that's a positive I think we should have a bunch of guys who are struggling with injuries ready or thereabouts ready just after the bye week so that's a positive I think, we're in the market to trade for a receiver. Hopefully that gets done. I'm not going to hold my breath, but if we can pull off a trade for there's been a number of names thrown about, Jerry Judy being one of them. If we can pull that off, then brilliant. Uh, and we'll come out of the bye week against the Texans, Colts and Bears. There's wins to be had there. We've got the Titans just after that as well. And a handful of other games at the back end of the season that we can win. So We may be 0-6 and and it might be panic stations, but I'm calm and I'm optimistic that things are going to get better from here.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Bryce Young, of course. His stats in this game is 217 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, 23 from 38, a 61% completion percentage. Um, I thought for a while it was pretty steady. I mean, there were times where the O-line, when he let him down, there was one sack, yeah. I think it was from, was it from Bradley Chubb or from Christian Wilkins, but literally, like, within, must be, within what 0.1 seconds, There's already someone on him, and mm-hmm. you you watch that back, you look at the, the battle in the trenches, and it just looked like it was lost already, like, he banged, it away, turned style straight through the O-line, and got him down. So I think, you know, that's going to ultimately probably impact him for his first few years, and I think that, once you got to on flipping the table to, to the Dolphins, looking at Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback, similar sort of size to Tua, you'd say uh, when he first came to league, and you look how Tua's playing now, and that's what four years into his career. So I think you know, as you say, most rookie quarterbacks do struggle, but do you, obviously you've you've already given an indication now that you are confident in the future. But just seeing Tua on the other side of the field, and how well he's performing after we gave him time to develop and learn. Does that give you confidence that Bryce Young can be the face of your franchise come year four, year five, year six?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think since Sunday, uh, particularly in Panther Nation, that comparison has been highlighted quite heavily. And I completely agree. Like I was a fan of Tua in college. I thought he was very, very good, just as I was a fan of Bryce Young as well. you're right, they're both shorter guys. Um, Tua's maybe a couple of inches taller. I don't know exactly how tall Tua is. Bryce is just over five nine, I think. Um, but yeah, he did struggle. I think back then the Dolphins for a couple of years struggled a lot. Uh Tua was came in to be the guy. Uh, but I think what the Dolphins done well, and the reason why they are where they are now, is you had Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he took the weight off of Tua Tonga-Vailoa. You gave him time. He didn't start week one. I think you might, you probably know better than me. I think he was named the starter after about week 12 or something like that. It was quite late on into the season where he, he got named the starter. But I think for the first two, maybe he's even as long as three years in his career, a lot of people in the NFL pretty much wrote Tua off. Nobody rated him. Everybody said, oh, he's, he's rubbish. He's never going to last in the NFL. He's no good, blah, blah, blah. But you gave him time. You gave him Ryan Fitzpatrick. You didn't allow him to start week one. Like what Bryce is. I know we've got Andy Dalton to be that veteran head, but maybe that's what we could have done. Maybe we would have been in a better situation with Andy Dalton as that experienced head who's been in the NFL for, I don't know, 12, maybe 14 years. I don't know exactly how long, but maybe that's what we could have done better. And then... The year afterwards, you had another high draft pick. I think it was about 6th or 7th. You connect him with his teammate. You give him Jalen Waddle, a talented guy, a guy with speed and someone who I t- was familiar with. Excellent draft choice for me. I, th- I thought that was pretty much set in stone. I thought that was maybe was a couple of other directions that you could have gone in. Uh, maybe he's Penaisu, um helped that O-line, but I thought Jalen Waddle was a very, very good pick. Uh, you've continued to go. You've gave away draft picks to get um Tyreek Hill. You've surrounded him, and then you've got um Devon. Uh, I keep forgetting how to pronounce his name is it, it Achni at Hane?
0: Whatever it's called. I think it's A-Chain I think. A chain, yeah. yeah. And uh,
1: Raheem Mustard. He's just got speed and talent around him, as well as a good coaching stuff as well. Like McDaniels knows how to run an offense. So yeah, you've surrounded Tua with weapons and as I say, two or three years from his career nobody liked Tua. I think if people had their way, he would be done by now. But you've given time and you've given weapons to develop. And right now we're talking about him as potentially even being one of the number one uh, quarterbacks in the league. I think in terms of passing yards, he is. Whether that's down to his own talents or whether that's because he's got the likes of Waddle and Hill, it doesn't matter. He's he's finding success and you guys are winning games with him under centre. You're 5-1. So whether it's because of Tua's skill set or because of however you've surrounded him, it doesn't matter. You're winning games. That's all that matters in this game. So, yeah, I've, I've got absolutely every confidence that Bryce Young can go on a similar path to Tua. Um, I think we sh- probably should have started Andy Dalton week one, to be honest with you. I think he maybe should have had a little bit more time to bleed into the league. Uh, I think week three against the Seahawks was actually a bit of an eye-opener, and I think that's why the offense since then has gone on a little bit, because Dalton ran it well and we could see what can be done because the receiver's done nothing in the first two weeks, um, and then it was opened up a little bit more for Andy Dalton. We thought, you know, what it is this offense can do some stuff. So, yeah, but we've gone a different route. We didn't start Andy Dalton, but he is there in spirit, and he's a very good leader and coach in that back room for Bryce. He's he knows his place as well. He's happy to lead Bryce. He's not interested in taking his place or, or ruining the schedule. He knows that this is uh, Bryce's gig and he's going to back him and support him every step of the way. So yeah, I've got absolutely every confidence. It may take two, maybe three, maybe four years for Bryce Young to get going. Potentially that's down to the coaching staff and the teammates around him, the receivers that he doesn't really have. So yeah, for for me, he was the right pick. You can take your CJ Strouds and your Anthony Richardsons and do whatever you like with them. But yeah, I'm still happy that Bryce is our guy.
0: Yeah. Um I think one thing I think the, the Panthers may learn from the whole tour situation is often you mentioned before he came in, I think it was about I think he was about week week six or week seven. Uh only paid for a few snaps and the following week he's announced to starter. And, you know, one thing he lacked, I think first of all, as much as I, I still have a lot of love for the guy, Brian Flores was not too his biggest fan. There's rumors that he wanted Herbert, Greer and um and Ross wanted uh two earners, but that what caught the divide. And I think that, that's why the first two years he had a defensive minded coach who didn't really rate the quarterback. That caused a lot of problems. And I think putting him in so early, I think ultimately did really impact to his first year. I think if he had a whole year to sit like Mahomes did, like like um I can't think of who else I was now, but um Ann Rogers and uh, everyone did and really, all all most top quarterbacks did, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and then Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. Uh, not not many rookies get trusted to start like you've got to be a a good rookie to start a quarterback because I think sitting behind somebody like Patrick Mahomes is a prime example even Tom Brady didn't start in his rookie Mm -hmm. year so yeah I think it's a a good way to develop a quarterback and I know especially when it's like a first overall pick or anywhere in the top 10 like it's exciting as a fan you want them on the field and you want to see what you've put your draft pick into but do you want to rush them into it and potentially damage their future, damage their confidence? I think confidence is a big part of it. If you're playing when you're not really ready to, the step up from the NFL, from college to the NFL is major. So if you're not ready, it can have a huge detriment on your mental state and a lot of things like that. So, yeah, I think having an experienced body, who um, did um, Mahomes have it was uh, Alex Smith, wasn't it? Like having having a guy like that, like, it, it, it's a, it's a big thing and yeah like maybe that's what we should have done with Andy Dalton but it is what it is. Yeah, I think even
0: the Mark Jacks I think came in mid-season Justin Hibbert was meant to be sit- sitting behind Tyler Taylor and obviously the whole thing was a mm-hmm. doctor happened and he ended up starting, was it week two or week three uh, against the Chiefs but I think one thing I think you'll struggle with is having a defensive coach didn't whereas the transmission almost seemingly has happened along with Tyree Kill has been through getting in an offensive coach like a Daniel, who actually wants him, he be, actually believes in him. I think that's a big thing, and I think that with Frank Wright, there's always that he could always that could always be a potential sticky point with Bryce Young. If you've got someone who isn't a traditionally offensive, offensively minded, so I think say if Frank Wright goes on and wins two or three games this year, maybe three or four games next year, he may lose his job, and then he brings someone who is an offensive-minded coach that could potentially, and obviously bringing in a receiver like Tyree Kill, something off like that for the Panthers, someone like Tyree Kill you know, who can make these plays out of nothing, he can extend plays, you also have to catch and all that and I think if you can do those two things and that's one thing that you can learn from having from what we did with the small back like Tua, I think it's massively important, I think that that is one thing you guys have to consider if it isn't going well the first two years but getting someone in, maybe more offensive minded.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, other than that, um, there was a point I want to talk about. The fake punt, uh, it was fourth and seven. Um, I can't remember how long it was in, in the quarter, but, you know, I think it was second quarter because a minute and a half after that, uh, you know, after that fake punt, we went on and scored with, you know, a long run for most and them. Two were scrambled in the pocket and found Jalen Waddle. Uh, what was your thoughts on that? It was around the 50-yard line, so it wasn't really in that dangerous territory. But what was your thoughts on... On a fourth and seven, and um, so that was eventually blocked by Elijah Campbell. Going for that, going for that fake punt.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Really, it was a bit of a strange one. Like, in in one sense, I kind of liked it because this offense particularly has been struggling, and I think having the confidence, especially how bad that we've been, even if we were the five and one team, like it's exciting. But I think when you're own six, I think you've got to try some new things. You've Gotta try and keep Bryce on the field. Um, with seven yards to go, it was a little bit risky, to be honest. If it was a little bit closer, like a, a one-two yard uh, to gain, yeah, fair enough. Seven yards was a bit of an odd one. Um, but that, that's kind of why we got Johnny Hecker in. Like Johnny Hecker is one of the best punters in his punting ability in the league, but he's also got that. You've seen it f- for years at the Rams. Like he's got that in the locker. He was a high school quarterback so when you've got a guy like uh Johnny Hecker there trick players are in the locker you know they're there we're going to pull them out eventually we've got a good special teams coordinator who's happy to do things like that to try and keep the offense on the field so i liked it it was it was a i mean yeah like it was like midfield so it wasn't like we'll, we'll let put you in terrific uh, field position like it, it was risky of course but midfield they're the kind of positions to try something like that. Like, it's not too far. Like, we're not, like, giving you that good of a field position. We're not too far away. If we make that, then we're in your half, but not, like, right at the end zone. Like, so yeah, it's, a, it's it wasn't a bad call, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, it, it didn't come off. But, yeah, I, I quite like the balls. I think we have got to have balls to try that. But when you're 0-6, why not? And especially when you've got a guy like Johnny Hecker why not go for it? Give it a go. But yeah, I think the seven yards to gain—that was my biggest. Why have we done that? that? Yeah, it was it was a bit it was a bit silly. Yeah, give if a, a few yards closer than yeah, I would I would have been more than happy with it.
0: Yeah, because I believe I believe you. I believe it was still fourteen seven when that happened. So you had a chance mm-hmm. to take us back to the potentially ten yard line or fifteen yard line or something like that, and there was that potential there, but. I think on all that one, time, I think how the the game went after that, I think we would have scored points regardless, and I do feel that maybe as you yeah. say, if you were you know say you were it was in the fourth quarter and you were winning, you were winning by seven points and you were four and one, three and two, you know five and oh something you would maybe not take the risk, but I think mm-hmm. from what you're from what you're saying, I think it does ring true. I think that maybe in something where you are oh and six, where you're not even getting. The first one pick obviously right now your pick's going to Chicago Bears so it's you know it, it doesn't really matter what your record is so you can't really it's not something where you really can afford to tank because if you do tank you haven't got the you know the mm-hmm. reward of having that a first level pick anyway so maybe maybe it's time to you know to, to risk it and just make these plays but you've mentioned having balls I mean have to have the balls to get someone's phone and do a backflip and take yourself <laughs> that takes a lot of a lot of balls yeah. that, Tyree Kill for me. I want to get your thoughts because you know, I can speak for myself and a lot of Dolphins fans. We all believe he's the best receiver in the league. I mean, he's by far the best receiver in our lifetime. Certainly, me, our, our generations, even Martin Liddon, who's a big part of Vince Nation UK and he's been around, You know, he's been supporting for way more than me, even in the Dan Marino era. Even he says the best receiver he's seen in a Dolphins jersey is Tyree Kill. Where do you stand on Tyree Kill? Are you... Like us, and think he's also the best receiver in the league, or do you think maybe there's others that maybe could take a take like Justin Jefferson?
1: Um, I'd say he's definitely top five for me. I don't know if he is the best in terms of skill set, but he's exciting. Like, there's no denying, it, especially as a as a Dolphins fan, saying to him in in your jersey. Like, I would love Tyreek Hill. I think anybody would. Um, he's just electric. He, the, the pace to burn. Obviously, they don't call him the cheetah for nothing. Uh, but he is he's got character as well to do like a backflip with a phone, and he does the peace sign when he's burning past you. Um he's an exciting, exciting receiver. Very, very good, got a great skill set, speed, especially, yards after catch. Yeah, he can catch. He's a little bit of a shorter receiver as well. He's not not, not the not the biggest guy for a receiver, but he can catch that ball. And he got 163 yards against us, like, That's what he can do. Um, so yeah, I, I rate him certainly is one of the best receivers in the league, and certainly probably the best Dolphins receiver that there's been in 20, 30 years. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I don't really know. I think it is a a difficult question. Um, I I, I don't know. I like Justin Jefferson. I think he's probably is number one. Um, that that's a handful of other guys you could throw in there, I can't even think who I would maybe else put in the top five, Jamar Chase mm. um, yeah, Ty, Tyreek's up there and has been for, for many many years like even during um Chiefs days, I think Mahomes misses him, uh, but Mahomes losses two has gained so yeah, he's, he's a exciting, electric entertaining receiver
0: to watch and I, I love watching him,
1: even if he is burning past the Panthers He's foot watch.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'll flip the question slightly. Maybe not. Maybe, would you say, I think maybe you could look at more. He's definitely the most, maybe unguardable receiver in the league. I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of the. He actually makes some great catches. I think his catching is a little bit underrated in the league, but mm-hmm. certainly if you're a defensive back, one on one, I think the last one you want to be up against is Tyree Kill.
1: Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, he is. He is a good catcher. I'm not denying that. That I'm not saying that he's not and phenomenal. He's certainly in the elite tier. But I think there's a few in that elite tier. Like I think, as a DB, if he catches it, then that's it. He's gone. <laughs> Touchdown. See you later. Um, but if you're like a, a six foot three, six foot four DB, you should always feel like you shouldn't allow Tyree Kill to get that. Like you've got to go into that. Like if it's like a one on one. You've got to have the confidence that this is my ball. He isn't taking that from me, but that—that's th- why I think the, the the Jeffersons of the world, the the chasers of the world, like taller guys, are a bit of a bigger threat because because they've got that height that like, they can go up, like they can contest better balls than what Tyree kill can. Um, but if he does get up, he can't get it. Like he's he's got the leap as well as the pace. Like that's why he's he is pretty good with his contested catches. Um, I think maybe it's just kind of how like. Bryson too, I get knocked down. People say that it's because of their height. You could also kind of do the same with with Tyree Kill, just because like yeah, you if you're a vertical threat, you've got to go up and get some contested catches against taller guys than you. And yeah, you can't win them. Like of, of course he can. He's got that ability, but you'd always fancy the the taller DB. So yeah, that that's maybe why I would just maybe slightly put him uh, behind the the Jeffersons of the league.
0: I mean, I had a chat with uh, Dan Pellivier, um at, at the game in Tottenham about um, Tua in a Hail Mary situation. Now, mm. I generally think that whilst Tua didn't have the deep ball of, of Mahomes or Josh Allen or back-in-the-day Brett Favre, I do think that you see a lot of Hail Marys were actually they're underthrown. There was one, I believe, last weekend, weekend before, where it was massively underthrown. And I do think that even if you go for Hail Mary and you do miss the end zone by... I don't know but even if you go for a shorter pass you've got Tyree Kill there i think tend- yeah. he takes the house from 40 yards and that could be almost your Hail Mary rather than going for the deep ball like most Hail Marys are
1: yeah absolutely I think that's why Tua's finding success now I think that's why nobody's questioning him anymore because he has that ability he has got a good arm it's not the best in the league but he can throw that ball deep and a lot of the times I think that's maybe why he maybe still isn't in like the elite category, why people might write him off as a potential MVP candidate. Like, I think sometimes you can just have that confidence that he's got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle to run downfield and make make a play. Like, he doesn't need to be pinpoint accurate. He just needs to launch that ball and hope that someone comes up with a play, which I feel like nine times out of ten they do. Um, sometimes he can get intercepted. I think sometimes he can be a little bit careless because he knows he's got guys who he can trust. Like so, I think sometimes he can just try and launch that ball sixty yards and be like Tyreek, go get it. Like, but sometimes that doesn't always work. Sometimes he can get intercepted. So yeah, I think he needs to be a little bit more careful. But when you've got them players, why not <laughs> go for it? It's like launch that ball. See what even like Jalen Waddle can do. Like because they've got that ability and then some. So, yeah, I think Tua's in a brilliant position for where he is in his career. Having players like that around him makes him look
0: great. Yeah, and I think that this actually leads on to my final question. You mentioned MVP. I mean, mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on it because I think we're approaching time where you are allowed to start saying MVP vote and all that or MVP favor. And I think for me, there's three standout candidates um, for the for the award. There's Tua, there's Tyree Kill and Christian McCaffrey now. To a lead the league in passing yards with 1,876. Had to joint most touchdowns, along with Kirk Cousins with a 14. And when it comes to the rec- the rushing game, McCaffrey has 553 yards, which leads the league, with um, Zach Moss in second. He's also got seven touchdowns, only bettered by the most to nine. Um, and also, but also broken a record for the most consecutive touchdowns. Definitely in team history. I want to say also NFL history, but definitely in 49th history and then Kill leads the league in receiving yards 814 and has six touchdowns which at time of recording um, that ranks him uh, top of the league as well for receiving touchdowns so they're the three that I would say are the, the standout candidates right now you can maybe put in the light maybe maybe TJ Watt or Nick Bosa in that as well but for you after only albeit six weeks into the season who would you vote for if you were someone in that position to do so
1: um, for me, and again, it, 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 I don't know if it's maybe it's from a little bit of a bias standpoint, but it's got to be the guy who's sitting right now on my back, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, like, I'll, I'll give a shout out to to your guys as well. Though, like, it normally goes to a quarterback. It's not very often that a non-quarterback picks up the MVP. So, if you're looking at quarterbacks, the two are being probably the number one uh, at the minute as of week six. Like, yeah, but again going back to i don't think Tua is the best like he might be having a brilliant season but i don't think he's the best quarterback and i think like the mahomes of the world can maybe surpass him later on down the line um with, with his just a little bit of carelessness with his um oh, it's not over um comfortability with his receivers but he can rely on the Tyreek Hill and Jalen uh, Wallows of the world to go and make a play for him like i don't think Tua necessarily makes the Dolphins A better team I think a fair few quarterbacks Could probably do what Tua's doing Just because he's got the offensive weapons Around him so for me I would Rule out Tua just for that reason uh, As of right now As of week 6 I don't know which quarterback Is better but I think like Even like your Jalen Hurts and Mahomes Can come on and do A little bit better further down the line Maybe it's like your Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence etc Um, Tyree Kill yeah can do absolutely Um, for similar reasons you could even throw in uh, most of A-chain for that reason because of what they've been doing their numbers their yards their touchdowns it's ridiculous so yeah throw their two names into the hat as well if you want but yeah for me Christy McCaffrey is just a freak I don't think anybody does what he does in terms of everything absolutely everything like receiving he's probably a better slot receiver than most of the starting slot receivers in the league like but he can run like mustard he can run like a chain he's got speed agility he can score touchdowns with his hands with his legs absolutely everything like he's a swiss army knife um and, and i'm happy that he's finding success like it does break my heart a little bit to say how much success he's having when he's not in the carolina blue but We've been watching him for years. We've known this ability. I'm just kind of pleased he can put it to a team that's actually gonna be able to do something about it and have his name in MVP form. I think 20 was it nineteen, I think the yeah, the twenty nineteen season he was in the MVP running for the Panthers, even though we weren't the best. We had Kyle Allen starting a quarterback, but McCaffrey was just unplayable then. It's just unfortunate that he's had injuries and he seems like he's almost been forgotten about. Like, I think that's kind of why we took that risk in trading him. I would love to have him still here with Bryce Young to help elevate this offense. DJ Moore as well. Uh, But yeah, McCaffrey, he is for me the best running back in the league, arguably a top five uh, slot receiver as well. Like, you can just do everything. You can leap over your head. You can run past you, juke past you, spin past you. Um Yeah, again though, will he win MVP? I feel like he probably won't. Hopefully this injury that he has right now isn't detrimental because I think that's kind of what 49ers fans are forgetting, that he has got a past. Like he's riding a high wave of momentum, which we've seen before in Carolina. But, them injuries catch up on him. And once they catch up on him, he can be out for one year, two years, three years. It's happened before. So fingers crossed for him. I want him to win a Super Bowl. And Steve Wilkes is the defensive coordinator at the 49ers. I want them to succeed. Once the Panthers are officially eliminated, I'm all 49ers. I want McCaffrey to pick up that ring. Um, but yeah, if, if, in terms of the MVP question, it, it is difficult. Like As much as I would love it to be, McCaffrey or maybe even Tyreek Hill, it probably will be a quarterback. It probably won't be Tua Tanga-Vailoa. It's probably just going to be Mahomes again. Like, I think that it's just kind of automatic. I think people forget about other positions. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. If um, the Chiefs are in the, uh, in the conference game again, it's probably just going to go back to Mahomes.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. And I think as the season goes on, I think we'll see more and more more and more as it unfolds, more and more, maybe Reason for Mahomes. But my two cents on it is that I think this year is the one year where the running back could do it. I think we had that in 2021 with Derrick Henry, but then mm-hmm. his injury happened. And I think, like that year, there, there wasn't, there, I don't think there's been so far a real standout quarterback apart from two it in terms of, but I think, I think Tyreek Hill's been more the than two But I think with McCaffrey, one thing I think is different to Tyreek Hill and two is the one game we lost, Tyreek Hill and two are played. The one game mm-hmm. the 49ers lost, McCaffrey yeah. got off injured after, was it the second quarter or something? Yeah, um, such a huge part and, of that offence. And with the award being called most valuable player, which probably is now more, meaning more, the best quarterback in the league. But um, if you're going by most valuable player, I think McCaffrey is, is more valuable to them. than then again, they probably would be all right without him. they got George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon are you but I just think mm, the fact that it just things-
1: elevates them to a different level that's like, my yeah. only like, understanding yeah they probably could survive without them but would the be as good Was the be as dynamic I think they'll lose a huge part of the puzzle if, if they lose McCaffrey
0: yeah absolutely uh, but that is where we end part one of our Panthers Dolphins review uh, part two will be with our Eagles fan Cam McFarlane who will preview along with myself Dolphins-Eagles game on Sunday Night Football but first of all thank you Keck for coming on for part one
1: Not a problem, Andy. Thank you very much for having me on. Always look forward to talking to you, even if the Panthers are 0-6, but uh, best of luck to the Dolphins. I've been a fan of the Dolphins for a few years, particularly during your struggling years, kind of between like 2018 to 2021. Uh, I I wanted you to pick Tua during that uh, 2019 season. It looked like for a spell, you were going to get that number one overall pick, and I actually put a request a bit into Sky bit. I said, like, What's the odds on the Dolphins picking two and number one overall? I know you ended up getting them fifth, but I was happy with that. I thought that was a brilliant place for him to go. Like I've I've been a fan of Alabama for a while, um. So yeah, watching him succeed with the dynamis- dynamic dynamism is that a word with um Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and the running backs like is there an exciting team to watch? I knew I pre- kind of predicted this score line as well, forty two to twenty one to the Panthers, near enough, give or take a few points, but yeah. Best of luck to you for the season. Hope you do well. Get to uh, get, do well through the playoffs. Get as far as you possibly can, and uh, yeah, hopefully cause a couple of upsets.
0: Thank you, man. And I'm hoping this year could be the year where I finally see my team win a playoff game. Only seen us play in two <laughs> in my entire twelve years as a fan, so I'm hoping that we can get that. Finally, get that win. It, the the two teams, with the longest playoff win drought are as an alliance. We could both this year you know, end that drought, so that could be mm. a good a good season. Really- um, now. For those of you that haven't seen your work on the Magpie channel or just on socials, where can people find you on social media, Keg?
1: Yes, yeah, so you can follow me at my personals, uh, which is at Keg TMC on all social medias. Uh, yeah, go and subscribe to the Magpie channel as well. We're a Newcastle United uh, fan channel where we're oh, close to 30,000. I think we're on around about 30,000, maybe just a few off. So, yeah, close to that 30,000 30, landmark. Uh, and also uh, I run the Panthers Magpie um. Is it the Panthers Magpie? Yeah, I forget. Yeah, yeah. With, with the Magpie channel, I always get them confused even though they're <laughs> my channels. Yeah, the, the Panthers Magpie is my uh, personal Panthers fan uh, pages as well, just on Twitter and Instagram. So go check them out. Fantastic. I think we'll see you guys
0: back with part two here on the Finns Nation UK podcast. It's time for our Dolphins versus Eagles preview. With me, like our first part, with our Panthers fan, today we've got an Eagles fan with us to preview the game along with me. He's been on my podcast before across the pod, he's here making his debut on Finns Nation UK, it's Cam McFarlane. Cam, first of all, how are things?
2: Not bad at all, mate. Yeah, good to be back on with you again. Like I said, it's been a little while since the last one. Um, I think last time we got... Got a couple of predictions right last time, um, and then and then didn't go so well in the big dance at the end. But we'll we'll move on from that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think I've spoken to you since then. Um, what was your take on obviously the the loss and obviously the way it ended with the dodgy call at the end?
2: Oh, well, we don't have to go into that. Do we we don't, <laughs> don't have to. Right? <laughs> um, it was it was what it was. There was a very small hold that. Didn't get called the rest of the game, and but we move on. I mean, it's one of those things. They they were very good on the night, and and so we, we and neither defense really got it done when they needed to. To be fair, um, so it wasn't the outcome I was hoping for, but but we're sort of in a good position going again this year. Um, if you block out Sunday from your memory a little bit, which to be honest, after a day at the game at the game at Tottenham. Most of it is out of my memory to be me, but I may have <laughs> had a couple during
0: the day. Yeah, I mean, anything to drown out losing the Jets. I mean, um, obviously, I, we had a little bit of banter before the game, talking about next week, saying, like, making jokes about the brotherly shove and all that. And then, you know, I made a joke that you were going to lose Jets, and you did. Um, I mean, I was shocked to see some of that I preserved. You were the last team unbeaten, beaten, um, so I did preserve the 1972 Dolphins team. Which um, you know helps keep that that team um, you know in history. Um, but for you, just how subtle? Well, first, actually, first of all, well, your, your take on the loss because it was a it was a weird game because you guys only exited one touchdown the whole game. There was you know there was I believe four field goals in the game as well. I mean, it's um, Zach Wilson didn't throw a single touchdown pass. I mean, the stats actually look better for you, mostly for the Eagles and the Jets. If you look at that as a stat line. And didn't know the score, you'd assume the Eagles had won. Um, so your take on, on your first loss of the season.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a really strange one, to be honest. It was I mean, I think it was one of those there was almost just strikes of a little bit of complacency where you kind of if the Jets roll into town with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, maybe you're a little bit more switched on and you're a little bit more some of those mistakes are tied up a bit, and it almost felt like we Looked at it as a bit of a free hit to just go and go and play and do maybe a little bit. Like you say the stats don't look too bad. They're a bit, a little bit more offensively, a bit more than what we've done so far. Because we've, we've sort of, even though we were unbeaten to that point this season, we were sort of flattered to deceive a little bit. We've been great on the ground, but, but not sort of really open teams up and and teams in the way that the other teams like like the Niners and people have done. So. Everyone's saying that we're not playing particularly well but we were getting results and then it looked like we tried to almost do a little bit more in this game and, and fell foul of that. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Eagle start. I mean, it's
0: um, on the one hand, you haven't looked as near, anywhere near as productive as you were last year. I mean, looking alone at the um, stat members. I mean, Hurts is 13th in the league when it comes to passing touchdowns. Sorry, when it comes to uh, yeah, passing touchdowns, he's ninth in the passing yards and has thrown the second most interceptions. But on the flip side, it's not about how you start and how you play in weeks one, six, it's how you play week 16, 17, 18 and in the playoffs. So there's sort of two sides to it and obviously the loss of multiple coordinators hasn't helped. Um, so does that, you know, you fight you fight them on without really playing well, whereas some teams, you know, we could we could be guilty of this, you know, in the next few weeks that like some teams start off really well and then the harder the teams they, they face get, that's when their season will be crumbled. So for you, it's almost more satisfying than last year in a way because you are winning games without playing well without any potential burnout.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it was I was feeling feeling pretty positive. I still am. I mean, as much as we lost to the Jets, it doesn't doesn't worry me that much. To be honest, I'm not suddenly thinking we're gonna we're gonna fall away now. I think we're still going to be absolutely fine. And I think, like you say, getting those results without playing well is is a good sign. If you, as long as you then continue to grow as the season goes, which I think we will. Like you say, you've got multiple new coordinators coming in. Position sort of changes it in the coaching positions as well. With people moving up to offensive coordinator and things, and it's 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 a very different start of the season. Yet we were still picking up the results and putting ourselves in that position to still go and get the number one seed, where we've not actually particularly played that well yet. Yeah, I, I think
0: I said before, but I think that's most people think. I mean, how many times did Patriots start off slowly? I mean, they started off some seasons three and three, three and two, you know, four and four, four and three. And they still went on and won championships. And, you know, I think, you know, it, it ha- you see a lot with major tournaments in football. I remember the Netherlands in 2008 were like, the best team in the tournament after the first four games. And then they get to the quarterfinals. They almost, then they just out of nowhere getting stuck. And I think there's definitely teams who, you know, remember the Cardinals being 11-0 a few years ago and then they didn't even win the playoff game they were in. So, I think the most important thing now is getting wins, getting getting mistakes out of your way early, and I think that will help you guys going forward. And I think, you know, if you make the playoffs, I think there's not many teams more in the NFC, besides maybe the 49ers, that you would back more in a playoff situation than than the Eagles. Um, heading on to the game itself, I mean, this is a very exciting game I'm going to be going to. Um, 8.20pm in Eastern, uh, 1.20am if you're watching in the UK. Uh, it's two 5-1 teams and looking at it further, I mean, it's first against eighth when it comes to passing yards, top two when it comes to total wow. yards per game on offence. First v. second when it comes to rushing yards, total rushing yards. First against fifth when it comes to total yards as well. Um, so in terms of offence, there's a clear, obviously, we are very nicely, pop up all those, we're the first in every single category of those, but you guys aren't far behind, and I think it's going to be an exciting game. I mean, defensively wise, you guys obviously have a better stats, not ninth against three yards allowed per game in your favour. But this has to be one of the most exciting Sunday night games I can think of in a long time.
2: Yeah, there's there's not much better matchup wise right now, is there? Um, like I say, we we are slightly better defensively than than you are uh, on stats wise at least, but. You certainly can roll and score against us. Like I don't think like there's anyone sitting here thinking that they can't get us at all. And and with the weapons that you have as well, it's not it's not really the the bounce back from the first loss game that you want. Is that your offense right now to go up against? But it's just yeah, it's set up to be a fantastic Monday night game, isn't it? Yeah,
0: I mean it's going to
2: be Monday night game. Sorry.
0: <laughs> well, technically Monday if you're great. Or if you're European, you know, it's um, very early hours in the morning. But, you know, I think this game has all the makings of paper being an absolute cheat up because even no, we've been poor, I mean, I looked at the defensive stats and actually we have less total passing yards and passing yards per game allows than you do, which is um, something I didn't really think with your brilliant pass rush and the way it is. But, you know, I think certainly on offense, both teams are going to be electric. I mean, you've really got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, AJ Brown, Davis Goddard, Jaden Hurts to uh, DeAndre Swift, Raheem he it's 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 literally what you want, and we've got Julio a...
2: Jones. Don't forget now. oh that, that that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's he basically he's basically a non-factor, and that might come like back to haunt me. But um,
2: yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I, I'll be honest, it was it was one that shocked me. I'm not not really sure on that one, I'm not, yeah. there's not there not been much production out of him in the last the last few years, to be fair, but. I suppose it's it's never a bad thing to have another experienced head around the locker room, I guess.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean he's he's been there, he's played the Super bowls, will be not maybe the best one to be a part of, but you know, he um he's he's one of the he's one of the best receivers of his time. He's getting old now, but he brings that experience. I think, you know, put him next to well, Olamide Zacchaeus and Quez Watkins, I mean it's is it much worse than that?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that that's your point, isn't it? I mean You'd you'd still be quite happy if you've got a big third or fourth down to to throw it to him and you'd fancy he's he's probably your one of your more reliable hands at that point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's gonna be just I think it's gonna be an absolute shootout. I mean, very exciting on offense and even defense. There's talk of Jaden Ramsey being back, I think it might be one game too early. I can see him more likely being available for either Patriots or Chiefs. You I know, mean, that'll be another amazing game as well in Germany. But you know, this game. You know, you're obviously most of does lead the league in rushing touchdowns, and have the most rushing yards. But you got you guys do have the third-best record in the league for rushing yards allowed, whereas we're 20th. I bet you're also second in the league for rushing yards allowed per game. So, whilst the defence may be not as good as last year, past defence-wise, but your run defence appears to be amazing. And it's that defensive line between the trenches. I think you've got that line, you know... Um, up against the likes of you know, Christian Wilkins and Jaden Phillips, sorry, no, ignore that, but when you're up against our terrible offensive line, you know, that does worry me a little bit because as good as we've been this year, the teams we've played haven't been great. We've I mean, been the Panthers, the Giants, the Patriots, Chargers, and the one game we played a good team, we lost by 28 points. So, I do worry about that in terms of the likes of Jayden Carter and everyone else in that D-line, up against you know Isaiah Wynn and Liam Eichenberg and I—it's I, not—we haven't got the best point. That is our weakness, offensive line. And even though Tua has not been sacked as much this year, I still worry about a big game against a D line as good as yours. How we can protect Tua? Because you know, I was—I was there last year. I was at the game where he got concussed against Bengals. That's another thing to thing to experience, and that did ultimately, you know, worry us for the rest of the year. And also did ultimately end the season. And he hasn't really faced. Half from the build, a real elite defensive line. So I think this is a big test for Tua. Uh, and also, is, yeah, it's a big test. So I think that's a defensive line. So that offensive line for us has a really big test to try and stop. That's the biggest test of the whole game. If we can stop you guys, I think we have got a great chance of winning. But if we allow you guys between the trenches to win that battle, I think it could be a long night for Tua.
2: Yeah, I think, I think you're right there. I think the biggest thing is going to come down to, if we can stop you running the ball, then... That's when you can really get after Tua because he's not going to have that extra second of time. If, if Jordan Davis can do his job against the run like he has done so far this season, and then it just then allows on passing downs like Jalen Carter, I'm guilty of getting massively over-excited about Jalen Carter, but I've literally called him a steal when he was the ninth overall pick in the, in the draft, which is possibly going a little bit too far. But it just, I know there were character concerns, I know there was this, that, and the other, but the fact that eight teams passed on that guy is is ridiculous because he is an absolute monster in the middle.
0: Yeah I mean even though like you know they're getting older the likes of you know Brandon Graham and Fetcher Cox the experience you've got there in such big games is is really quite crucial but obviously I've heard a few Eagles fans worried about your secondary um, especially in this game when you got two receivers as fast as you know, Helen and aren't even looking back at most of it's a shame that A-chain is available because that would be an extra bit of speed as a threat. So is that maybe the area that worries you the most, that secondary up against probably the two fastest players in the
2: league? Yeah, I think, I think it, it has to be. And like I said, you can get us if you can't score against us. I mean, the, it's, for me, the bigger worry is, is linebacker and safety. I mean, we know our corners are good. Um, Bradbury maybe might get burnt at some point, but I'll always back my boy Slade to to lock up whoever he's following on on his side. Um, but then again, it, it just depends, and it all comes down to how long you can you can give to in the pocket. Because if he's got time, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter if you are Darius Slave, If you've got. Tyreek running past you. You aren't going to keep up for him for lo- for very long. And if he if Ture can get time to let it go deep downfield, then then we might still see a couple of couple of long plays. And it, it is all going to come down to the pressure that we can put on him,
0: really. Yeah, I think it's massive because I think the Bills proved it in that game, the, was it 48 to 20 or something like that, where um if you stop Hill and Waddle, even with most and an H A there, even though, I mean, with, with the exclusion of the first quarter and a half, two quarters, we didn't do anything really. Um, it was by far worse game this year, worse, worse performance. So, I think that's a game plan that you have to go by. I think if you can somehow stop them to, and force Tua to have to throw it to other people, or force a to run game, I, I think that that would be, you know, with how good your run defence is, um, I can see most of it being neutralised and, I think that's really how you should probably look at winning the game because the Bills blueprint is there to see. I know they have been a bit of an Achilles heel for us, a bit of a bogey team, but you know I, I, I do think that that is where most teams can win. But you know I do think even with that, you know we've got other players like Braxton Berrios and tight end Dermot Smythe and we brought in Chase Claypool. I don't know whether he's even going to play, but you know I think this game could, could be about that. It could be about... As, per, as particularly about that third or fourth choice, about likes of Braxton Bear, so likes of, you know, I, I wish he was fit, but like someone like Akuzamana if he was there. But, you know, I think having that, I think Braxton Bear particularly is probably the, potentially could be the, the difference in, the, in this, because they're going to be, you know, they're gonna be on, on Hill, they're going to be covering model, and they may even, if they can, try and cover someone else. But that means there's going to be gaps open for the likes of, the likes of, um, Baleos and the likes of um, Derm Smythe. I think that really is what we could use. I think um, certainly they could be secret weapons that we could use. And I think that may be our best way of winning it. And I think what two are so good at, and I think because he's not a deep-hand quarterback, he can make these short, really accurate. I think that that's really how we're going to to do it. Keep you guys off the field, make these short, methodical throws, drain the clock down and do it that way. But um, I think that could, could be a way to win it. But otherwise, I think it could be a case where you score 30, gonna score 34. I think it could be that. It could be just both teams struggle on offence, on defence. It could just be like both teams just almost like, um, almost like, you know, when Liverpool won, uh, were going for the league a few years ago when you had Sturridge, Suarez and Sterling, you know, you had to beat teams 5-4, 3-2. And I think that maybe in this game, and same as the Chiefs game, is how we can kind of maybe just by just hoping offence scores more points than you and just hope the defence can somehow pull up that, um, for you Cameron any of the areas you think potentially could be a worry for you when it comes to this game
2: no, I, I think you're absolutely spot on to be honest with players like you say like various like your third choice receivers your your tight ends across the middle like little crossers, like you say keeping it like in front short of the sticks because we're probably going to play pretty deep out, out wide on on Hill and Waddle and then there are, there is going to be room in there, and like I say, that is linebacker and safety is where well, we are probably weakest. To be fair on our on our team, so there are going to be opportunities to be there to keep keep sort of moving the chains and keep drives ticking over. And if you can do that at some point, it is going to open up that deep shot or that that sort of longer one. So that that is probably the biggest concern for me, and I think. I think you're right, though. I think this could be a could just be shootout, and we just go. Well, let's not worry too much. Like we'll try and try and get after two, but if we can't, then then just put it back in in Swift's hands and put hit AJ Brown and hit Smitty on the other side, and we'll just see what we can see. It just try and outscore you instead.
0: Yeah, I think that might that might be the key. Now also, I'm going to the game, going to the Linker Financial Field. My first time going there. I'm guessing you'll be the same as everyone else and thinking that do not wear your Dolphins' colours for the game.
2: Ah no, just go it'll be fine. I mean, we <laughs> were, um, I was I was in a I was in a Philadelphia bar in in London after the game on Sunday, um, and there was a table of, of Jets fans next to us, but it was all it was all friendly enough. Um, even like even at the end, it was still still <laughs> fine. I, I think you you'll be all right you'll get a bit of stick maybe but i don't think it'll be okay
0: yeah well we'll see we'll see i mean my bag's packed and it's if i'm honest it's quite tight rooms so i might just leave it um but we'll see but uh now i'm also you know um a friend of mine talks about ollie wilson he is an eagle friend he's asked me to try and get him a Devonte smith kelly green jersey i'm thinking if i bring that then that's my way of them um, if I wear my neutral colours, if I got a bag with an Eagles
2: jersey and they're taking it- oh yeah, you'll be you'll yeah. be absolutely fine. Um, yeah, I've actually, funnily enough that is I've ordered two um of the Kelly Green jersey. I've got one with Slay and one with Devon Smith on it. Uh, so mine, are, I'm still waiting for mine to come, but uh, that is yeah, it's it's so good to see the the Kelly Green back, and it's gonna be back on on Sunday night, which is gonna be it's gonna be nice.
0: That means, once again, we're wearing our our white jerseys. I think it's every game this year we've worn white. I mean, I don't know what we've got to do to wear aqua. I know it's to do with the home games in terms of the heat and all that, or even away games. But, you know, I think it'd be nice to see it at some point this year wear a different jersey. Just (laughs) Just roll it out at some point, yeah. Yeah, um, and even the throwback's even better, but they don't don't seem to ever bring those out. So um, I I don't know what we're wearing. I'm assuming it's the white. I mean, with you guys wearing Kelly Green, it's going to be... So guessing... I think
2: our I think our pants are white as well, though. So I don't know whether you uh, would probably slip it, might flip it up and
0: yeah, I reckon aqua, the aqua pants, white jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be um, or oh, maybe the throwbacks. You never know. I've not actually, it probably isn't. But I think they normally by they're now. Both teams gonna... in throwbacks would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be good. That would, that would be good. I mean, that that would be amazing if that was the case. We'll Look at our Instagram now and just see if we have announced what jersey we're wearing. Um. I mean, no, Ramsey in the training gear. I don't think it, it doesn't even have it yet. Um, I can only imagine white, I mean, it's been white every game. You're wearing green anyway. So maybe, uh, maybe the Teddy green, not sorry, the white jersey and the aqua, aqua, aqua aqua pants. And that should be um, hopefully quite a nice, nice jersey to wear. But I do, I do hope we start wearing aqua all the throwbacks a bit more because... Getting a bit samey there.
2: Um, like final part prediction. Oh Just just to throw one out there. Um, your Twitter posted yesterday saying, "Get your wallpaper ready for Sunday night football," and everyone's in aqua jerseys with white pants. Interesting. So,
0: get oh here we are. Yeah, so we got two of them in green. Obviously, Evan the group. Waddle, Jaden Phillips, Bradley Chubb. Maybe you're definitely wearing Kelly Green, aren't you, for this game?
2: Yeah, I'm sure we are. I'm sure we we said that it was it was Kelly Green week. I suppose they, they don't clash that much. I guess the, it's quite a difference of green, but it's you don't, we wouldn't really have expected them to wear it on the same.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, they have, I can see now. This this confirmation it is Kelly Green. Um, let me see if I can I search Dolphins uniform. Eagles, obviously anything come up there? Um, nah, it looks like people are saying it's gonna be white. I mean, it makes sense to I me mean, that I can't imagine they'd have green on green, but you never know. The FBW no. with football, the City play Chelsea a lot of times, light blue against half blue, but maybe they won't. Yep. Do this. Um, so predictions wise, um, give me your winner and the score.
2: Uh, I'm not very confident. For once, oh. which is which is a shock for me, um, because I think last time we were on, uh, I told Paul the Paul Hope the Niners fan that we were <laughs> going to absolutely take them apart um, in the championship game. So, but no, I'm not actually, and I do think that your offense is playing a little bit better than ours right now, and I do think that'll be the difference. And I think. You win, and I do think it's a shootout, and I think you win 30 35-31. Interesting. Well, I've gone for you guys winning. Um, I'm going for a 32
0: to 17 win. I just think that until we've beaten a good team, I'll I I think that's the one thing that's hanging over us right now. We haven't yet beat a good team, and I just don't see that happening. I see it more likely beating the Chiefs than I do. Eagles, mainly because of the fact it's neutral ground but I just think with that D-line and the way you can stop the run, I just think that this may be a tough afternoon but hopefully you're all right out of the both of us.
2: <laughs> uh, I disagree I hope you're alright So, <laughs> can mutually agree on that that we both yeah. hope each other are alright
0: <laughs> Yeah exactly, let's keep it that way <laughs> um, But that is the end of our two parter, our Panthers review and Eagles preview, so first of all, uh, thank you Cameron for coming on
2: yeah, thank you very much for having me. Great to be back on. And hopefully we'll be back on in, in January time again when when the, we're talking about the important stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean I can't see
0: you guys not missing not making the playoffs. I think that's probably a dead stir. And um I think it'll be going far again. But how far? We'll never know. But this has been the Finns Nation UK podcast. I've been host, Annie Davis. This has been Cam McFarlane, and we will see you guys next time oh before we go huge thank you once again to Jez granger for the theme tune and wayne carlard for the podcast graphic in the meantime we'll see you then.